Good day, Sweet World! It's Saturday, July 6th, 2019. Thanks for tuning in to the Free Agents Podcast. I'm J.E. Skeets here in studio, and alongside me, making the magic happen, is J.D. Hello! What it do, J.D.? What it do, baby? What it do, J.D.? Yeah, just the two of us here. It's a two-man, in-studio at least, emergency podcast. Kawhi Leonard's free agency ended in an absolute stunner very, very early this morning. Here on Saturday, July 6th, the 2019 Finals MVP, he signed with the Los Angeles Clippers, and in the process, he brought OKC's Paul George with him. Yes, the Thunder will receive Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, shout out to Canada, and multiple draft picks from the Clippers. Four unprotected firsts, plus an additional first rounder, and two pick swaps. And I guess this wasn't their choice, but PG reportedly requested a trade once Kawhi Tried to convince him, hey, we should go to the LA Clippers. Again, an absolute shocker here. A bombshell. Just JD and I here in the studio, but we're going to see if we can get TK, Trey Kirby, and Lee Ellis on the phone throughout this podcast. We'll start with Lee Lee. I think he's somewhere in Spain. Lee, can you hear me? Are you there? Where are you? How's it going? Hola, amigos. Como estas? <laughs> Where are you, first off? I'm in northern Spain. I just, uh, I'm just i in a place called Oviedo. I just drove up today from Madrid. So uh, it's a beautiful day. It's bright and sunny. Having a great time. But uh, I got the Slack messages on the way on the drive up. Roxana was in the passenger seat. She was navigating. She said, uh, I think the boys want to talk to you about the trade. And I said, all right, well, listen, we're, we're halfway through this. I'm not stopping. I'm pulling over on the side of the road with the kids in the back. We're pushing through. But tell them I'll be able to do it. All right, well, we appreciate you uh, finding some time there. Yeah, while you're up in northern Spain, that sounds all right. I don't know what's been crazier, trying to keep track of where Kauai was over the last week or so or where you've been. It feels like you've been all over the place. But let's, uh, let, let's get your reaction, though. Let's get jump right to it. What's your reaction? How, how did you find this out? Because, yeah, I guess you had the little time difference there. I mean, I was waking up to this news and being told by Nora, who's lying beside me at 7 in the morning, hey, I think Kawhi's going to the Clippers. I said, yeah, right to her. I listened like the first thing she said to me in the morning. I said, yeah, right. She goes, I think Paul George is heading with him to the Clippers. I said, quote, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then I grabbed my phone and was like, oh, my God. But how did you find out, again, being a little bit later in the day, I guess? Well, hey, hey, that's the first ever Nora bomb I think we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, really of, was. Uh, a double bomb there from Nora. Yeah, so it was around, uh, I guess it was around 8 o'clock this morning, um, local time here. You know, I, I just got up and I just sort of scoured the uh, the tweets because I was expecting some news. Yep. And the first the first news I saw was the earthquake out at Summer League. And, and you know, it was legit. And people were saying, you know, things were shaking around and stuff. And then I saw, I think it was Amara Baptist, I think it was, saying there's been two earthquakes now. Uh-huh. And, and then it was the Wodge news and it was like, um, and then it was like, he's going to the Clippers. And that was when I had to click on the Woj profile to make sure it wasn't fake. <laughs> right. Because I honestly thought that he wasn't going to the Clippers. I thought, I, I, and I said on our show, you know, back on the starters, I thought he was staying in Toronto when they won the championship. I was very convinced he was going to stay. And then I thought the Lakers had made a pretty strong play for him. And I thought if anyone could maybe persuade him here, it's the Lakers. But I also felt that with LeBron and Anthony Davis there, I just didn't feel that was the right spot for Kawhi. So the fact that the Clippers have been basically stalking him for the last 12 months 
uh, and putting in the effort to really try to get him. The fact that it all paid off is is really a credit to them because you know this is the franchise that we we know they always tend to miss out on these things. But uh, clearly in this instance they did whatever it took to get Kawhi. They clearly convinced him that that you know that was the right spot for him. And then they went out and got Paul George and they you know look they mortgaged the future. But I think as we've seen you know teams are prepared to take on that risk now because you only have to look at what happened with Kawhi in, in, with Toronto last season. They won the championship by taking a huge risk and it was worth it. You know, it was worth it. Even though Kawhi's gone and Danny Green's gone, it doesn't matter. The Raptors are champions and, and that's why you go for these big, big swings and that's what the Clippers have done. And uh, I think, you know, great for them, credit to them, credit to Steve Ballmer for going in, all in there. And, and obviously Jerry West, I think that's probably the big key here, that he, he whatever their, their approach was, whatever their pitch was, I think Jerry West had a lot to do with that because he has just a, uh, a, a incredible track record of having success. And, and once again, you're seeing it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he now has helped get Shaq to the Lakers way back when, KD to the Warriors, and now Kawhi and Paul George to the Clippers. I'm talking about Jerry West here. Do we have to assume that the reason the Kawhi decision took so long was this idea of him going to Balmer and to Jerry West and to Lawrence Frank and saying, hey, Clippers, this is what I want. Get me another star. Get me Paul George, and I'm yours. And then, the, and then this is why it took a little longer than maybe expected, and that they were like, "Well, okay, who can we get?" You know, there was there's Bradley Beal rumors being thrown around, Drew Holiday rumors being thrown around, but those those guys were untradeable, and then they finally landed on Paul George. Is that is that maybe why this took so long, or is it just, in, in your opinion, maybe just Kawhi being Kawhi and that camp keeping everything so tight lipped? Well, I, I, according to Woj, I think that's what he was alluding to, that, that basically the Clippers needed that time to go out and get the deal done with, with Oklahoma City. And, and apparently this didn't really happen until, you know, Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, where Paul George's agent went to Sam Presti and said, trade me. And Sam Presti, I think, smartly realized, like, OK, there's no point in me hanging on here because for two reasons. The Thunder clearly aren't cont- contenders right now with the team they have. There's no question about that. If you've got Paul George and the Clippers are prepared to pay any price then you absolutely hose them for that and you get all those draft picks. I think it ends up being about five unprotected first-round picks plus Shy Gilgis-Alexander already. So, you know, if, if you're the Thunder, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a sad day, but you know what? It's actually not that sad because, as I say, the last couple of years, first-round exits, things clearly weren't – they weren't getting closer to a championship. You may as well cash in while you can on Paul George – and now the question really becomes what does ha- what happens with Russell Westbrook right. because I can't see him I can't see him requesting a trade I think he's too he doesn't want to have that on his sort of uh, rap sheet here but clearly if you're Russell Westbrook he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuilding team he would probably prefer to go somewhere else and now it's just a matter of I think uh, whichever team he ends up at, but you know, when when you look at the Clippers, um, you know, when this process whole this whole process started, they seemed to be one of the teams, and they had that home home court advantage as far as that's where Kawhi's from. But it just it just sort of felt that once the Lakers made a play, maybe that would sort of change things. But uh, in in the end, you know, the Clippers did whatever it took, and uh, you know, if it if it works and they win a championship, and even even if they only win one championship, then it's then it's worth it. But uh, if things go south, then uh, yeah, they're in for a, they're in for a tough few years after this little experiment. Anyway. Oh, oh yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the Lakers and the Clippers now have. They've completely mortgaged their futures to land these superstars in AD and then now in Paul George to team up with Kawhi. And that is one way. I mean, you're right. It's a lot of picks. It's a lot of unprotected picks. There's pick swaps in the future. But it's not. We have to remember, 
it's really not just for Paul George. It really is for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and that makes it a little more, uh, a little easier to stomach, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. Again, and, and again, Woj was sort of saying that that Kawhi may have gone to the Lakers if the Clippers couldn't get that Paul George done. So right. that's that's why for sure the Clippers, you know. And I bet you Sam Presti, you know, he, he you know, again in that article, he's saying how uh, they were trying to get the Raptors involved and trying to deal. Um, Westbrook and Paul George to the Raptors, right. and Masai Ujiri, Masai Ujiri just wasn't even interested in that, and, and that's that. You know, I think that's the right move as well because that combination hasn't proved successful. And so, I think Sam Presti was probably telling the Clippers, like, listen, the Raptors, you know, that we're gonna we're gonna deal him there, we're gonna trade him there, uh, you know. So give us all those picks, and you know, it's funny because I know you're not allowed to trade picks two first round picks two years in a row, but I guess they have know, a, they have a can, bunch of the they have a bunch of the Heat's picks. That's why. Yeah. So they're not yeah. their picks. Yeah, that's right. Because it's a 2021 Miami unprotected and a 2022 yeah. Clippers and then another Miami and then a back to the Clippers. You know, it's that type uh, of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. wild. And, you know, a couple yeah. things here you, you sort of slipped in there. Yes, the Woj bomb, really, truly, because I believe it was Chris Haynes that first, first got, you know, the, the big news out, the Kawhi and PG news. But the Woj bomb to me was this article that came out a little earlier this morning here, or a little later, I guess I should say, after the big news. That Sam Presti, you said it, pursued a package of Russell Westbrook and Paul George to the Raptors with Pascal Siakam as the centerpiece of the deal, and Masai Ujiri balked. Now, that was me quoting Woj there from his article. Now, so, you, uh, you know, what happens is you now get these headlines that say, wow, Raptors turned down Westbrook and Paul George for Pascal Siakam. Like, that's how it reads, you know what I mean? But that's yep. so silly because the deal is not going to be $70 million for a guy that makes $3 million in Siakam. It's going to be... Probably Lowry and Gasol and Pascal and another young guy, tons of draft picks. You would think, you know, it's a, it's it, you're completely, completely blowing up a team. Now we could still debate whether you would do it and whether he should have and all that, but it's not like Pascal Siakam just for Westbrook and Paul George. It's like no, the silliest no, thing to yes. think. And you know, you, saw, you see some people overreacting to that. Yeah, and and the thing is as well with the Raptors and particularly Masai Ujiri, you know, obviously they were probably disappointed with the news, but you know what? I don't think he didn't have a uh, contingency plan in place here. Um, you know, the Raptors will go into next season as of now, not the favourites to repeat. Certainly, you know, you can't lose your best player and, and go in as favourite, but I don't think Masai Ujiri is going to panic here. I think he's going to just keep doing what he's been doing over the last years and keep building strategically. And, uh, you know, he realises as well that, you know, you've Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol, those guys probably won't be Raptors beyond next season anyway. So yeah. the Raptors, you know, if Kawhi was there, clearly they would have gone for it again next season. But now that he's not there, it gives them at least some direction going forward that Siakam is the guy they're going to build around. And there's no doubt about that. So, you know, they can now, um, you know, see what happens next season. They're going to have a couple of uh, expiring contracts as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Masai looks at next season and says, look, we can pick up a couple of extra first-rounders here maybe by the trade deadline um, and start our rebuilding process. So not, not, not that they're going to mail in next season, but but obviously they're just not going to, you know, I don't think they'd be uh, very good odds to go in repeating just because, you know, they've lost Kawhi. But, um, I don't, you know, Masai is not going to cry and feel sorry for himself. He's going to be like, you know what, like we're prepared for this. You know, I think he's planned for every scenario. And so, um, you know, I think the Raptors will be fine. Yeah, you're right. The Raptors are not a title contender next year unless Pascal Siakam turns into Kawhi Leonard. It's just, and that's not going to happen. But I saw Josh Lewenberg tweeting this, the idea that the Raptors could be open for business. This goes to what you're saying here. Expiring contracts, Lowry, Gasol, and Ibaka. But the problem is trying to move those, you know, that those types of salaries, you're going to have to be taken back 
you know, long-term money, even if you're trying to get future picks. And I don't see Masai Ujiri wanting to go that route. And, you know, that'll be the tough thing with those massive salaries. Lowry, 35 million. Gasol, 25 million. Abaka, around 23, 24 million. So, you know, will they... Hey, look, Masai Ujiri has, has shocked us before, but I could see them just basically running it back and handing the keys to Siakam, OG a little bit more, maybe even Fred Van Vliet, and seeing sort of, hey, are any of those three younger guys sort of, uh, you know, future all-stars, for uh, locks for all-stars? I mean, Siakam seems the most likely, but otherwise it just could be the same team. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, I think, you know, those, those guys you mentioned, of course, they are making big money, but we know what Masai Ujiri did at the trade deadline last year. When the team felt they were a chance, they went and they took on Marcus. I know that, you know, effectively they traded salary for salary with Valentinus and CJ Miles and those guys. But the thing is, teams will be desperate. If they feel they're a chance and they've seen it work with the Raptors, I wouldn't be surprised if someone does cough up, you know, a first round pick late when they when they become a little bit more desperate for yeah. it because it, it, it's it's a proven strategy now that that you know you have to go for it uh, if you see that window of opportunity um, because it, it, it has worked now we have a track record so um, you know teams will you know un- undoubtedly look at that situation and you're also getting a championship quality player as well so um you know and the team, teams are going to be so desperate now you know you, you look at what everyone's done there like the, the brooklyn nets getting kevin durant and Ky- kyrie irving the lakers and the clippers clearly you know gotten better but teams are going to feel like you know what we have to compete we have to go we all in here and uh and, and so that's what i think will happen and, and for the raptors you know they've got players who are available and who have now championship experience so that just increases their value yeah the paul george thing is sort of crazy when i start to think about it right now the idea that maybe Masai and the Raptors, they they only make that move for, in trading for Kawhi Leonard, who's going to be up for a, for a brand new contract. They only make that because they feel a little more reassured after they saw what happened with Paul George going to the Oklahoma City Thunder and everybody, myself included, thinking, well, okay, cool, you got Paul George for a little bit, but he's going to go to the Lakers inevitably anyway, so what are you doing? And then he doesn't? And that sort of, in a weird way, maybe help changes the minds of Masai and the Raptors organization of like, hey, let's, you know, it's a different scenario. I get it with you've had DeRozan, you've sort of run that into the ground. It's probably not going to get any better than it already was. But he does this, and then here we are with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard now getting, you know, maybe joined at the hip in a weird way before this, now literally on the same team. It's fascinating. Let's talk quickly here about, you said it there, what this means for Russell Westbrook. Do you do you think, because Royce Young, he's breaking it down, Thunder are nearly $15 million over the tax threshold still, facing a current $43 million luxury tax payment. So you would assume more changes are on the way, and, and the big dog there and the big contract is Westbrook. Do you think he can be moved? And do you think this is something that we that we could see, you know, you know sooner rather than later maybe? Yeah, I mean, definitely he can be moved. I mean, anyone can be moved right now. And I think if you are um, the Thunder, you're probably shopping him around a little bit and say, listen, who wants him? Because he's going to be available. And as I said earlier, I don't think Westbrook's the type of guy now who's going to go in there and demand a trade publicly because he knows he doesn't want that reputation. But he's a player who doesn't want to be a part of this uh, rebuilding process. And Stephen Adams as well, throw his name in there. You know, he's a a guy who's got a lot of value. You know, he can play a a very good defensive player, very good rebounder, you know, just brings a level of toughness. So I, I would be shocked if Russell Westbrook finishes the season in Oklahoma 
Oklahoma City. I think he, you know, I, I don't think he gets traded before the season starts. I, I think um, that would be just a, an enormous blow to uh, Thunder fans out there in Oklahoma. But uh, I, I, I think now he realizes like he has to, if he wants to really contend and he really wants to win a championship, then simply he has to move on there from Oklahoma City. So I think what Sam Presti will probably try to do is accommodate him as best he can and, and trying to put him in a situation where he can contend. Uh, exactly where that is, I'm not sure because uh, Westbrook, you know, we know he's a fantastic player during the regular season, but uh, his playoff track record hasn't been great these last couple of years and that probably has affected him a little bit. But um, I, I just, yeah, I think he has to go and I think um, I don't think anyone really in Oklahoma City would be would be uh, upset with him for leaving. Uh, I just think he handles it in a way that is almost like, well, they got rid of me rather than me now saying, oh, I want to trade as well, just like everybody else. Yeah, and Fred Katz was tweeting out today, I think it's a good point, it goes to something you're saying about the idea of maybe he doesn't get moved here in the summer and it's more likely he gets moved maybe into the season or a season or two because that and Fred Katz saying there are very few teams that have space. And the fact that you know half the league was basically free agents here in the summer, tons of trades, well, a lot of those guys can't be then retraded until December 15th. So, yeah, maybe it is something as we near the trade deadline, and if the Thunder lean heavily in to uh, blow it up and let's rebuild and let's uh, try and clean up our books a little bit so we're not paying $43 million extra in luxury tax, then, yeah, then it, then it's something that happens. I got to get your, uh, your, your take on the idea that Kawhi Leonard did leave the Raptors because we had a heated, a very heated <laughs> debate. It was like Matty O was involved. I mean, it felt like we were sort of all going against you. I remember this was uh, during the uh, end of the season here and the idea of KD possibly leaving if the Warriors had won. And you said, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're like, no way. You know, you win a title, you stay. That's how it's always been in, in the NBA and it won't change. And here is Kawhi, the finals MVP, ultimately saying, you know, no, I, there are things a little more important than just than, than just straight up money. And, you know, maybe, I, I guess you could argue that he thinks he has a better chance with Paul George suddenly at the Clippers than he would running it back with the Raptors. I'm not sure I would agree with that, but this sort of, this, this went against what you thought, Lee. Yeah, well, no, absolutely it did because, the, you know, for any pitch that any other team made to Kawhi, it was based on words. It was yes. no actions. Yes. Whereas the Raptors had 12 months of actions that delivered a championship chip to him. So really, what would Masai Ujiri's pitch even be to him? It's like, listen, we just did it. We're going to do the same thing again. You know, we're going to give you the rest and we're going to accommodate you as best as possible. And now you have a challenge of like, wow, people are, you know, because people are going to put the asterisk on that title for the Raptors. Like, go out and do it again and prove them all wrong. You know, all these other super teams that are trying to be built, like with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis out in LA, it's unproven until you see what happens on the court. And we know history has told us, you know, that it just doesn't always come together as well as it did for the Raptors. Now, they also got a little bit lucky at times. There's no question about that. But I always felt like that if you have have done that and, and you've proven that you can win and you've had success, why would you want to leave that situation? I, I didn't necessarily think he was going to sign that five-year Supermax with Toronto, but I certainly felt he was definitely going to come back for one more time and try to win it again because – I think that the um, the stigma of Toronto, it, it's not there anymore for players when you see someone like Kawhi who really did seemingly embrace the city and embrace the town and embrace just playing for Toronto. He had pride representing the Canadian team. And so I, I was, you know, I definitely was shocked this morning when, when I was like, he's going to the Clippers. And then it was like, well, poor George is going as well. So, okay, so there was a little bit more to it. It wasn't like he went on, on his own 
volition. He needed a little bit more, uh, something else to go with him. Now, uh, again, if he doesn't, if Paul George, they can't get that trade done, does he join the Lakers? I think I, so. I, I think I, so. I, I, mean, this, I mean, it really feels like this guy just wanted to go to California. Like what we, yeah. what we had, the one thing we knew about Kawhi Leonard, and we don't know a lot and never have and probably never will, was that he did want to, go to California. That was, we did know, and we've known that for for some time. It was whether he could be convinced to stay up in Toronto or to go to another team. But in the, I, I do think you're right. I think, you know, this ultimatum, so to speak, to the Clippers of, hey, get me another star. And if it's Paul George, awesome, I'm there. And if you don't, then I'm going to the Lakers because that's the other California team and I'll go there. But, but you know, we, we'll never know if that was just a play as well, because, yeah. you know, for, for the, for, for me, you know, the, the talk about how he said he wanted Magic Johnson to be in the room and stuff like that. Now, I don't think you make that request for Magic Johnson to be there if you're not like like LeBron last year where it's like, listen, I'm coming, just sort of, you know, make it so sugarcoat it for me so that I don't even have to think twice about this. The fact that he then basically dunked on the Lakers by joining the Clippers of all teams almost tells me that he was just playing the Lakers, you know, because I just don't know why he would go to those lengths to string the Lakers along and then ultimately join the Clippers. Clearly to me, from what we've seen this morning, he wanted to go to the Clippers first. And the, the fact that the Lakers were there was maybe just a play and just a ploy to say, you've got to get Paul George and do whatever it takes and otherwise I'm going to the Lakers, and that's why maybe they coughed up those picks. Maybe the Clippers, and we, we won't know. We're, we're like, well, we'll give up two first-round picks and maybe Shy and, and, and uh, Landry Shamit or someone. And he's like, well, if you can't get it done, if you can't get Paul George, then I'm not coming. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So there's so much at play, but one thing is incredible is that no one saw it coming like this. I know there's a lot of uh, great reporters out there who've got all sorts of uh, connections and links and sources, but nobody saw this playing out, and that is really what we heard all along about what Kawhi wanted in this process. He didn't want any leaks. He didn't want any speculation. Uh, and there was plenty of speculation, but it just wasn't accurate. You know, the, the, we saw that the Clippers were the team that was kind of pushed to the side in these last few days when it was. Uh, it, it appeared as though the Lakers had gotten themselves into pole position over Toronto. But even, having said that, uh, Toronto, you know, we were hearing from Toronto people that the Raptors had made a good impression and Drake was there and, you know, it was just a matter of like, uh, you know, the fact that he flew back on the private jet, I was like, that's a pretty good indication, you know, that he's that he's, that he's strongly considering going back to Toronto. But, uh, you know, proved to be wrong and, and, you know, that's the way it goes. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling because, you know, you know yourself as a Raptors fan how many times the Raptors have kind of missed out or things have gone wrong and it just feels like, it feels like Groundhog Day in a lot of ways for these big decisions. But today I was kind of like... Oh, it doesn't matter. They won the championship. It was worth it. You know, it's hard. Next year, at the end of next season, Milwaukee, the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, the, the Warriors, the Rockets, you know, one of those teams is going to win the championship probably and the other teams are going to feel like it was just another another tough season for them and that's the way it goes. And so the fact that the Raptors were able to break through and win, you know, that that's all worth it and it was, you know, it doesn't take away anything from the season for me or the celebration or the joy that, that everyone felt in the in the, those last few weeks of the season uh, because winning a championship is just, just so damn hard and you look at what teams are doing, how desperate they are to just put themselves in that position now and I think that justifies, again, what the Raptors did last season. Oh yeah, that is a no-brainer. If anyone tries to tell you as a Raptors fan or whatever they call themselves that, oh, it wasn't worth it in the end because Kawhi was only there for a year and then he leaves, they're just straight up wrong. They won the title and they only win the title because Kawhi Leonard is a part of that team. Case closed, done. And that's why I was so hell-bent on telling people, hey, just enjoy the ride right now. 
through this crazy magical Raptors run, especially into the playoffs and all these crazy shots falling, just enjoy this because it could be another 24 or 25 years before the Raptors are ever back you know, fighting for a championship. And yeah, the, and, and they got lucky with some injuries, no doubt. The Warriors probably would have won if, if everybody is playing. I, I, that's fair. Um, but, you know, th- that happens every year in, in every uh, NBA season. So what were you going to say, though? Uh, just saying, like, even if Kawhi comes back, I mean, the Raptors, there's no, of course, there's no guarantee they no, win it again next no. season, you know. So, you know, there's, there's, it's not like they just uh, left a championship on the table. They cashed in at the right time, made it all worth it. And, uh, you know, they've got now that for forever. And here's the, other part. here's the other part about this whole thing. Masai Ujiri traded for Kawhi Leonard. He traded DeMar DeRozan. I get it. A guy who's very likely going to get his jersey retired by the Raptors down the line. And Jakob Pertl and a late pick. And they got Danny Green back. I mean, they didn't mortgage their future. Like, that's the other part here. They didn't go, all right, well, here, we are giving up 10, 15 years. I mean, we're going to pray that we win the title, and then and then he's very likely gone, and then, well, we're done for the next decade. But that's not the case. I mean, it was a, it was a calculated move. It was a ballsy move, but not nearly as ballsy as, as, as I would think as some of these other teams, like the Lakers now and the Clippers, just really more, like, a complete other team is going to have all your draft picks for, for, for years here. Exactly. And, you know, when, when Masai Jiri signed DeMar DeRozan, he signed him because it was like, listen, this is an asset uh, uh, signing here as well. Sign the guy. He deserves his contract. I'll be able to move it in a couple of years if I need to. And that's exactly what he did. And, and yeah, you're right. Jakob Pertl, good, solid player, but certainly worth all that trade. And they gave obviously a first-round pick there to the Spurs. But that's the thing. that the, the Clippers and the Lakers have basically gambled on winning it in the next year or two. And if they don't, then they're staring at possibly, yeah. you know, who knows how long uh, of just chaos. Although, I mean, you, you maybe they looked at the Brooklyn Nets and thought, well, five years ago the Brooklyn Nets were in this situation where they had no picks, they had no players, you know, they had no real um, enticing, uh, not, not a very enticing situation for free agents. But once they sort of cleaned things up and Sean Marks came in, they turned around and, and, and gotten that, themselves into the position now where they're a very, very good team. Um, so maybe maybe teams thought, you know what, even if we give up all these picks, you can sometimes get, you, you know, sort of wriggle your way out of it. But uh, again, it, it's, it's a huge risk. Um, one of those teams obviously is, is going to feel, you know, uh, next season, you know, that they're going to come up short. Um, but again, if you're the Raptors, like I was saying earlier, I just, I think Masai Ujiri has got some sort of plan already in place. And he's like, listen, plan A is, is we keep Kawhi and we push forward. But plan B, okay, we, we start the rebuild again. And yeah. um, hopefully it won't, won't take us too long. But, um, he, you know, even I think it was at his um, postseason press conference, he said, you know, if Kawhi leaves, we'll thank him and then we'll move on. Yep. You know, there was no, no sign of desperation in his voice, no sign of like, um, oh, man, you know, we, we have to justify ourselves to anybody. He's like, we've done it, we've won it, and, um, you know, that, that's our strongest uh, case that we, that we have to make to pitch to him to stay next season. Yeah, and I want to make it very clear, I am not knocking the Lakers or the Clippers for these huge you know, deals that include all these picks to go and get superstars. I mean, I just saw how, how it works without the picks, of course, but it works when you get the, one of the top players in the game. And then in the Lakers case, you got LeBron for this very short window. I mean, you got to go for the title right now. So you got AD, great. You paired him and you were hoping to get Kawhi as well. Okay, you don't, no big deal. And then the Clippers, I mean, they haven't made the, like I tweeted it out today. Like you thought the Raptors fans had it bad for a long time? You know, the Clippers haven't made the conference finals since 1971 when they were like yeah. the Buffalo Braves for crying out loud. The conference finals. So, you know, yeah. they have an opportunity. Yeah, it, it, the mortgaging the future and all these picks, sure. But, wow, you just got two of the better players in the game 
both terrors on both ends of the floor, defense and offense, and Paul Jordan and Kawhi. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're going to do that. Are the Clippers a, a couple more uh, questions before I let you go? I can hear the kids yeah. in the background getting unruly there. <laughs> you got to uh, You know what? Uh, yeah, the kid, you can hear him, so keep me here as long as possible. Oh, okay, yeah. Like yeah, sure. There's all sorts of cousins and people I don't even know in there. They're all speaking Spanish. <laughs> I can't I can't get a beer. I can't get a coffee. I don't know what I'm doing in here. So. Okay, well, uh, a couple questions then. Are the Clippers, yeah. in your mind, uh, are the Clippers immediate title favorites? Yes, think, I would say yes. Okay, they are. yes, because you, you you sort of mentioned it there. I mean, defensively, cool. you know, you've got obviously those two. Then you've got Patrick Beverly there as well. Um, I, I'm forgetting somebody, but they've got um, the, the, you know that defensively they've got incredible length and a switchability. Uh, offensively, they've got guys who can hit their own shot, create their own shot. They're young, they're hungry, they're fresh. Like there's no real weakness on that team right now. So um, yes, I, I think. I, I would say, as out of the Western Conference, definitely that you know we know that the Warriors are clearly not going to be favourite next season. Uh, the Lakers, I would take the Clippers over the Lakers roster right now. Okay. Uh, the Rock, the Rockets will be in the hunt there, but you know I, I'm not I'm not convinced Chris Paul will be on the Rockets uh, at the end of next season. So um, right now, I would have them best in the West and uh, in, in the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure you can ask me, but I'd say the, the Bucks uh, would be my Eastern Conference pick right now. Yeah, and uh, you know, like seeing Vegas. Here. We're not at, we're not at Vegas Summer League. Uh, everybody out there uh, enjoying their Zion versus RJ game last night, and then the earthquake. And my God, I hope everybody's okay. But you're right. In Vegas, Clippers are the favorites. Lakers are right there. The Bucks, 76ers, and then on and on and on. Um, do you do you think the the Lakers are the biggest loser in this in this again? sort of groundbreaking news or is it just the Raptors because they lost Kawhi or is it the Thunder because they caught a caught a stray here I believe World Wide Wob tweeted out where it was like whoa <laughs> how did the Thunder get involved in this like who's the biggest loser in this in this pairing here of Kawhi and PG going to the Clips well it, look if Kawhi Leonard said to the Lakers I'm coming if he can somehow get another play I don't, we don't know if they had a chance to get him and they missed out then, then, then it's the Lakers for me because you've got Anthony Davis you've got LeBron you, you add Kawhi to that mix, then they're the favourites for the NBA championship next season. The fact that he's joined the Clippers, I think that is a huge blow to Los Angeles. Even though they've had a great off season by getting Anthony Davis, they, you know, they needed to finish the job, and that's what the Clippers were able to do to get that second superstar. Because LeBron James is still good, but he's going to be 35 in December. Mm-hmm. You know, he's coming off his worst season as far as injuries go last season. He's still going to be a very, very good player, but he's clearly we saw when he came back last season as well. Even though they kind of their playoff chase had kind of um, evaporated largely. LeBron, he checked out, you know, and I think, you know, that that's the big thing for the Lakers next season is what sort of a LeBron are you going to get? Is he going to be, you know, hyped up again that he's got Anthony Davis? Maybe. But is it also going to be the fact that he's 35 years old, he's going to need a lot more load management himself just to be able to sort of contend. So um, I would say, you know, go, other teams that have lost, I mean, the Thunder have, but it's actually another good loss for them because uh, they weren't a contender in my mind. Now they've got a future at least to build on and they'll probably get more in return for Russell Westbrook. So I think if you're a Thunder, you're kind of bummed out, but it's like, you know what? Let these two other teams or these these other three or four teams fight it out for the next two or three years, and then maybe the Thunder will be ready to contend again. So I think they're okay. And the Raptors, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, not not too upset for them because I think uh, I think they'll be okay. It, it's not going to be a great season next year for sure. But uh, I think in the long run, I have complete faith in Masai Ujiri. So I think the Raptors will be okay. Yeah, the Raps are the big losers in whether or not they're still going to get a Christmas Day game. 
I think that's up in the air now. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. it's a, a strong possibility they don't get that game now. And hey, look, Ring Knight could be weird too. It's going to just be strange. It'll be, you know, no yeah. Kawhi Leonard getting the ring. He's not going to be there. Yeah, but, well, well, they'll do that, of course, when he does come for his only one visit when he comes as a clipper. Yeah, around. and he's going to get but, a but, standing ovation and stuff oh, like that. Oh, they're I mean, going to have a tribute video and everything. You know, raise, there's, his, raise his jersey to the Raptors that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's no question that the reputation of the Raptors, you know, has, has improved and, you know, and players will look at Toronto as a situation that's like, you know what, you can win and succeed and be, you know, be very, have a very, very good career there if you choose to uh, go there or you end up being traded to the Raptors. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, there's, it, it's not a sad day. It's not a sad day. It's, uh, it's a day of like, all right, you know what, and that's what he decided to move on. Yeah, and the Lakers have moved quickly here because they were in this, they, they were playing the waiting game with Kawhi as we all were, but especially the Lakers and the Clippers and the Raptors not being able to make a ton of other moves. Um, but the Lakers signed Danny Green, so two years, $30 million. Signed Quinn Cook, two years, $6 million. They brought back KCP. He continues to get paid, two years, $16 million. <laughs> and they retained JaVale McGee, two years, $8.2 million. So they're making some moves here. Who knows where Cousins lands as well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're, oh, you guys... how, how does KCP get two years? Honestly. It's <laughs> a lot oh, of money. A lot of money through good, through good agents, man. I'll tell you that. But uh, but uh, what what <laughs> oh, is this breaking news to you? Is it you didn't, oh, you didn't catch this? One? No, I did. I, I did see it, but I'm just like, how, this is amazing. This yeah. guy, he, he no, he's he, nah, move on from okay. KCP. Well, he doesn't bring anything to that team. Okay, well. Yeah. Uh, again, a crazy, crazy morning. Really appreciate you uh, taking some time to get away from all the uh, the, the, the young kids there <laughs> running around. Hey, I mean, so yeah. what, what, where have you been? I know you were in London. Um, and, yeah. and then you've obviously made your way to Spain. Did I miss anything in between? And, and how's it all going? Yeah, yeah. We were in London for um, about 10 days, I think it was. And then we moved, uh, we flew down here to Madrid. Uh, we both have, my wife, Roxana, has some friends here and I had a friend here as well. We caught up with those guys, showed the kids around the city. It's a, it's a great city, Madrid. It's, um, it, it, it's been hot though. Not, not that humid heat that we get in Atlanta, but just sort of hot, dry heat. Yeah. So uh, Like Vegas. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, like Vegas, just not, not in the 40s like Vegas, so in the sort of low 30s. But yeah. Um, yeah, great. And then we, uh, we're we in Oviedo right now visiting another friend of Roxana. So we're here for a couple of days and then we head back to London. And uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping to snag a ticket to Wimbledon one day, but it's a little tough out there wow, right now. It's a yes. little tough. Oh, yeah, okay. I know, I know. I know you'll so, find uh, a way. You'll find a way. Well, sure. yeah, I mean, I've, I've got I've got a, an ability to get one. It's 500 quid. Wow. 500 quid. I know, I know, I know. So um, I'm balking at that right now. But, <laughs> do uh, it, Lee. Just, just do, do it. it. Yeah. You're not going to recommend it. Hey, listen, listen, this is all fun doing the podcast, but we're unemployed right now. So, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I've got to watch out for that. But uh, but also the Cricket World Cup is on in, in England right now and Australia uh, are in the semifinals. So um, I'm hoping if I can maybe uh, get out to that. But uh, we'll see. We'll all see right. in the next few days. Yeah. Mr. So, Worldwide uh, over here, Lee Ellis, enjoying yeah, all the sports. Yeah. All right. Again, well, we appreciate you taking the time. Send uh, send our yeah. best to everyone and we'll, uh, we'll see you back here uh, stateside soon enough. Okay, no worries. All right, buddy, Lily. Let's see if we can get TK on the line here. All right, I think we got Trey on the phone. TK, can you hear me? Ayo. Hey, oh, there he is. Oh, it's been so long since I've heard an AO. Where are you right now? Lee was in Spain. Where are you? 
I'm in Delvin, Wisconsin. Ooh, at even Long better Resort, than Spain. Just gazing out onto the beautiful Lake Delvin. Uh, feeling like Paul George wanting to hit the hit the high seas and catch some big fish. <laughs> okay, so you were in Illinois and now you're in Wisconsin and, and you're, I guess, at some point making your way back here to Atlanta. You guys are having quite the summer. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, the Trey Kirby Midwest tour right now. I right. think I've been in every state from here to Georgia. Uh, but yeah, back eventually. Well, let's uh, let's get, you know, how you found out about this blockbuster tr- signing and then trade here today with Kawhi and Paul George ending up on the Clippers. How did you find out? You're you're you know, Lee had the benefit of being hours ahead of us here on the East Coast. You're, correct me if I'm wrong. You're an hour behind us here uh, in Atlanta, so it was super early, or maybe you were up late. I don't know. How'd you find out? Oh, I was definitely not up late. Uh, I was pulling a Lee Ellis on this one. I was in bed by like 11 uh, Central Time last night. So uh, the way I found out was this morning, you know, Isla, our oldest, woke up pretty early. uh, And the first thing she wanted to do was open the curtains to the room. And I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Close the curtains. It is too bright. Everybody else is sleeping. Um, So, you know, that that was my first battle. And then, you know, Laura... Happened to look at her phone, and all of the WhatsApp groups were going crazy with Kawhi Leonard. This is a bad decision. What happened? So then she throws her phone open, tells me Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers and Paul George. Instantly, I shot up out of bed. The coffee was on the pot, and suddenly I was sitting outside gazing on the lake trying to actually understand how this could happen. Last night, I was talking to a couple of my wife's cousins just about how long this is taking and how maybe something will happen the next day, but... I mean, we even chatted about how the Thunder, how could they possibly get better? I don't know. It uh, was a shock to find out in the first five minutes I was awake this morning, especially since it started with a, a light battle. It, it, you're, you're absolutely right. It's really, it's a shock to the system when you find out like news this big <laughs> first thing in the morning. I just told Lee the same thing. I mean, Nora had grabbed her phone before I was even awake and was telling me and nudging me that, hey, I think Kawhi is signing with the Clippers. And then, oh my God, Paul George is headed there too. And I like just straight up called her a liar. I thought she was just on some like <laughs> hack website. You know what I mean? I'm like, what are you looking at? What Facebook page are you looking at? Getting this like definitely wrong information. And then of course, uh, you know, as soon as I open my phone, my God, this is happening. Um, Okay, so you're obviously you're shocked, just like everybody else. Uh, now that you've had some hours to digest it a little bit, uh, you know, are you are you all in on the Clippers being sort of the immediate title favorites? Uh, Lee, Lee thinks so. Vegas thinks so. What what does Trey Kirby think? They're at least right up at the top amongst you know, I guess a Mount Rushmore of title contenders. It's gonna be it's tough to say because. The Lakers, I think, are still going to be in the mix. Uh, if you're counting literally the number of All-Stars, the Sixers have the most guys with uh, Embiid, Simmons, and now Al Horford. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee obviously has the re- the reigning MVP. They won 60 games last year. They've got to be in the mix, but I don't know. Kawhi Leonard was the best player in the league throughout the playoffs, and now he's going west, and he's got another MVP-level guy next to him. After we saw the fight that the Clippers, without those two guys, gave the Warriors that they were able to basically bring back that whole team, plus add two MVP guys. Uh, I mean, everybody's excited about the Clippers right now. Surely that's why they're the favorite in Vegas. But who's not going to be like, oh, the Clippers, they got this. But uh, it remains to be seen, but this looks like it's going to be a great team. I think they'll probably make another upgrade to get uh, some sort of big tall guy at center because that seems to be the one thing they're missing. But with the pressure they can put defensively on the perimeter – 
it's not super important. They're going to be fun to watch, and I feel like everybody's going to love watching this Clippers team because they love the previous Clippers team. Kawhi and Paul George probably aren't rocking that boat. Yeah, I think that's right because their identity that they had built there, this Clippers team winning 48 games, challenging the Warriors in the first round, taking a few games in Oracle, was this sort of like, we're the dogs, this gritty mentality. And yeah, they added all-stars and MVPs and MVP candidates, uh, but those guys sort of still fit that mold. You're absolutely right. It just happens that they can now go get you 25 and 30, which turns out can help you win some games. But there still is Lou Williams, and there's still is Shamit. And, you know, they got Mo Harkless. They picked him up in a sort of a, a, in the mix here of free agency. I think it's sort of overlooked a little bit and helped them get another pick there as well to then make this Paul George move happen. Zubat should be there. You know, Montrez Harrell. It's still a... a you know, it's not it's not a shallow team by any means, and it's a well-coached team in Doc Rivers. And oh yeah, they've got Steve Ballmer as billions of dollars, and maybe they're not done, like you said. Maybe they go and try and find, uh, especially another big guy to, to to slip in there. But yeah, it 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 sure looks good on paper with that team you already had, and you lose a, a very promising uh, rookie in Shea Gildas Alexander and and Gallinari, fine, but that's it. And then you add these two guys, man, that's uh. That's scary looking. That's scary with Patrick Beverly coming back too. I, I don't know how you're going to score on this team on the perimeter. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I wouldn't be shocked though if uh, at the end of the regular season, the Clippers are not number one in the Western Conference. you got Kawhi Leonard who, as we saw with the Raptors, he's going to miss some games for load management. It pays off in the long run, so surely the Clippers will run that back again. Paul George as well is coming back from an injury, so maybe he takes a little bit slow at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get ahead of themselves trying to race out for the number one seed. Right. I mean, the Western Conference is a little bit more important, but, uh, you know, there's not a super team out there right now. Everybody's got two stars, so maybe it's not quite as incumbent on teams to race out and get that number one seed. The Clippers will be ready in the playoffs, and they're going to be fun. Everybody likes rooting for Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly already, Montrez Harrell as well. Now you're throwing in uh, those two MVP dudes. I, I can't wait to see what the team looks like. Hopefully this like sets off a Clippers rebrand, though. we got to get something different. Maybe go back to the baby blue and orange, anything. But, you know, the red, white, and blue is just – it doesn't scream Clippers to me. Yeah. They haven't made that really their identity. They've been adding a little bit more black to their uniforms. There's something – that could be upgraded, no doubt, and maybe this uh, maybe this spurs that on. Even if they go with that, um, I guess it was um, it was like that Olympics look with the LA. I like that a lot more. Uh, oh, definitely, that, of- uh, that's a better look. So uh, I don't know. They're, at least their uniforms are getting better than they were even during like the Lob City era. Uh, but I don't know. Nike's got to hook them up. Yeah, that's right. I think you are right, though, that idea of that, you know, I wouldn't be putting money down on the Clippers to be the number one seed in the West. Not not with what has happened here, too, because, you you know, you really could convince yourself that a team more like the Jazz, let's say, um, the Rockets, of course, still in play, maybe even the Blazers, if you want to talk yourself into that still, uh, and then, of course, the Lakers. Yeah, like you could see a team or two being above above the Clippers here as they try and first off figure out these pieces a little bit and then oh yeah the whole thing of like well we just saw what the Raptors did and they only played them 60 out of 82 games uh, maybe we do that with some of our guys here our, those two guys as well so that, that is a good call and I can't remember you know the last time both conferences felt this wide open like you usually have at least one conference where you're like, and a lot of this is LeBron. I get it when he was in the East. It was like, yeah, LeBron's in the East. Okay, they're going to the finals. But it's been a long, long time here since we've had both conferences are like, I don't know who's going to win this. I mean, in the East, you said Bucks, Sixers, you know, maybe the Celtics with Kemba. 
Raptors probably going down a step now, but they're still going to be good. And then, yeah, in the West, all these teams I just listed. I mean, who, this is going to make this very, very exciting. I think this is sort of a bet, best bet scenario here. And Tass and I had talked about this when we did our massive free agency recap. It's uh, it's cool that if Kawhi was going to leave, he went to the Clippers and not the Lakers because it does make the balance feel a little more fair. In you, you agree with that? Uh, 100%. I, I mean, I was hoping that he stayed in the Eastern Conference, Kawhi, just to have balance between the conferences. That's... But the fact that the Clippers were able to come in and take away the one super team that was really out there formulating, uh, I think it's huge. Because, you know, if we would have went from a Warriors super team instantly into a Lakers super team, things have changed, but it's still kind of the same landscape for the NBA. But with this now, these teams are getting a star and a co-star. It's not the same as having a big three. Certainly some team will get a big three uh, in the next couple of years. But at least for heading into this next season, you can talk yourself into... 10 teams making the finals, I would say, between the two conferences, depending on how matchups <clears throat> how matchups play out. We saw the Blazers make a run to the conference finals this year, uh, not knowing if they were going to be able to show up as, as well as they did in the playoffs. It's all going to be uh, very matchup dependent to see which teams are in the conference finals come uh, playoff time. I'm excited. The league feels completely, completely different. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Who do you think is the biggest loser from this this big news where Kawhi and PG go together? Is it is it the Lakers because they thought they were in the running for them and maybe they were very, very close to getting them? Is it the Raptors just because they lost the finals MVP? Is it the Thunder who, uh, you know, the biggest shock of it all where Paul George is suddenly going to them and saying, trade me, I want to go play with Kawhi, make this happen? Like, Or is there someone I'm even forgetting here, be it a team or a particular player or whoever? Who do you, who do you sort of mark down at? as the big loser for me it's between the lakers and thunder the thunder did an incredible job to recover from being shocked by all accounts from what royce young is saying by paul george's trade request they got a huge mother load of picks seven picks basically another couple of players who are good and shea and uh gallo but they still had to trade paul george who was just coming off maybe the best season of his career looking pretty healthy throughout the season until his shoulders fell apart. We're assuming that'll all be good. You don't uh, go into this summer expecting to maybe be in rebuild mode, but now it seems like they might be trading Russell Westbrook as well. At the very least, the idea is on the table, and it seemed like that guy was going to be a thunder for life after Paul George signed last summer. So I got the thunder as a minor loser, but they did a good, uh, really good job of recovering. As for the Lakers, I do think that... It is a bit of a bummer for their fans to go from thinking they had a big three to bringing back KCP and JaVale McGee on the very same day. You know, the <laughs> Lakers were thinking, we're back, baby. We're the Lakers again. The Clippers are always going to be a joke. The Clippers are no longer a joke. LA, the Lakers, they got to be scrambling a little bit. It's going to be fun. This is the first time it's going to feel like an actual rivalry, I feel like, in yeah, that building. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, we have to. I mean, the NBA. Like they can't overthink this, right? You got to give us Clippers Lakers on opening night. I I would think. I mean, I, I guess Christmas, of course, could be in play, but why not opening night for the late game? I mean, well, by the way, we're gonna be watching a lot more late games here now with two powerhouse teams out in the West <laughs> with the Lakers and the Clips. But man, they I, like you got to put that first night, right? Oh uh, yeah, give it to me first night. Give it to me Christmas. They play four times, yeah. so we can spread it out over the course of the season. I feel like uh, you know the Raptors will have their championship ceremony. That's going to be an early game because they're on the East Coast. Yep, late game. It's got to be the LA showdown. 
I, I think you're right. And so do you think, uh, you know, you slipped it in there. Do you think the, the Thunder will look to try and move Russell Westbrook? Do you think that's the right move? Or even as Steven Adams just like completely lean in into this, hey, it didn't work um, with, with the PG Westbrook. We kept losing in the first round and now we've traded him. We got a bunch of picks and let's see what we can get for Westbrook. And, and, and could the possibility, I believe it's you that said it a, a while back now, but Westbrook in Madison Square Garden? Did you not once throw that out there? Or am I crazy? Oh, I don't know. Uh, to me, I've always kind of thought Westbrook, after summer 2016, I thought Westbrook was just going to be a Thunder for life. Mm. Um, but, you know, Royce Young, to me, seems like a guy who's pretty plugged in, and he seems to be hinting at the fact that the Thunder are going to want to do a full rebuild. I think Adams is going to be widely shopped around the league, and there will be some takers. I mean, he's not old uh, age-wise, but he's been in the NBA playing a ton of minutes for a while. Yeah. Uh, so I can see them wanting to strike while the iron is hot while they can actually move him before things go really downhill furthermore if if you can move westbrook and you've got the the whole clippers draft basically for the next seven years you're right in rebuild mode on the other hand maybe you keep westbrook just play it out for a year see what happens maybe his uh trade value increases as his contract gets shorter i don't know it seems weird that you would trade the guy who stayed um yeah but you know that's the NBA. I thought it was crazy when the Clippers traded Blake Griffin, the guy who put them seriously on the map for the first time ever, made them not a laughing stock, and they traded him. And then they traded the guy they got for him, and then suddenly they got two MVP-level guys. So sometimes you can't be sentimental, even if it's fun to be sentimental. Yeah, with the players being uh, wielding so much power now in today's game, it has made like the NBA just feel like a 2K, like where it's like these they, they, like you can turn around your franchise so quickly – in trading star players for other assets and then flipping those assets into other star players. And it just, I don't know, you know, I guess it's sort of always have ha- has happened in the NBA, but it feels like it's just ramped up to a whole other level now where these things just can move so quickly and the identity of your team can just be flipped on its head two or three times in the span of a year. I mean, like the Sixers have just done it. I mean, the Clippers in very little time have done it. I mean, it's insane. I mean, it's, it's fun. But it's still insane. Oh, definitely. It feels like we were just watching DeAndre Jordan get convinced to stay with the Clippers by Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. They went to his house and barricaded him. And now four years later, all of those guys are gone. DeAndre Jordan is now supposedly best friends with Kevin Durant. So he's heading to the Nets. (laughs) Meanwhile, the Clippers have an entirely new team, despite the fact that the Lob City Clippers were the best team they've ever had. Uh, It feels a lot like every player is on the table right now. The shorter contracts are helping that. The players uh, wanting to make their own decisions are helping that. I th- think it makes teams feel a little less uh, tied to keeping their hometown guys around as long because they know it could end in just a second. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time. Uh, it's a bad time to be buying jerseys because you never know when you're going to have to get a new one, but that's why they got the jersey insurance program. <laughs> yeah, they saw this coming. That's absolutely right. The other part, too, is like the, the, the salaries for these guys are so exorbitant that – it's, I mean, like Kawhi Leonard, you know, at one point was looking at a $220 million contract with the Spurs and then maybe 190 to stay in Toronto. And in the end, he goes for, for four years, 142 in LA. Now, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is it's still $140 million. I mean, like, it's like you do get up into these ranges where it's like, who really cares? Is that $140 million, $200 million? I mean, it really isn't truly that much difference, I think, when you start to get into that type of money. I mean, I don't know for sure. He obviously, I'm sure, is looking at the L.A. market and the possibilities of just selling more shoes and more New Balance and all that. But, 
I, I think that has a play uh, a play on this a little bit as well. Just the, the, this, these players going, you know what? It's like I don't care if it's, it's just not all about the money. I want to either go home in Kawhi's case, or you know, go and try and save this franchise for whatever reason, or whatever. I mean, whatever the reason, it's just not money, money, money. Uh, well. It's not at least basketball money like you're saying yeah, that. I yeah. think that the players are so much more savvy about other ways that they can build their businesses. You think back just seven years ago, 2012, Carmelo Anthony was wanting to go home, wanting to play for the Knicks, forced his way out of uh, Denver, and he made sure to do it while he was still a Denver Nugget rather than doing it in free agency so that the Knicks could give him that huge contract, right? Yeah. That was just seven years ago. If Melo was a free agent, gonna be going to be a free agent now in 2019, he's probably okay waiting a little bit. Maybe the team he can go to is able to build a better team around him because he knows I can go and make another $100 million doing business deals wherever I'm at. The basketball money isn't necessarily the biggest thing right now because players are just getting smarter and realizing how to maximize their earning potential. There's a nice little financial term, you know. Yeah, it's the yeah, one I got. Yeah, you're sounding like Daryl Brown there for a second. Any <laughs> tips like that? Uh, all right. Well, anything else to add again to this to this crazy news here that forced us to do an emergency, uh, the free agents podcast? Any anything else we're missing here that you wanted to touch on? Well, most of the other guys who are here on this trip are out golfing, so I had to consult Isla today to sit to you know bounce some ideas off who's going to be better this year. I asked her who's going to be better. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis or Kawhi and Paul George she picked Kawhi and Paul George okay. I give her a little bit of cred because she picked the Cavs in 2016 so maybe she knows what she's talking about wow okay well there you go if you're putting some money down take Isla's advice and maybe uh, consider putting it on the Clippers there instead of the Lakers it's going to be wild appreciate you taking the time here Trey we're going to wrap it up in fact I want to thank everybody for already making the Free Agents podcast here the number one sports podcast in iTunes, there are over 800 reviews and ratings. Five stars what? only, baby. They're all five stars. That's all it is. It's all classics nonstop. No, we truly appreciate it. It sort of blew our mind. We had the one podcast up, and now we got the second one here. But the number one sports podcast in iTunes, because you guys went out there and subscribed and you left the ratings and you left the reviews. God damn it, we love you. So thank you so much for that. Keep following our new Twitter and Instagram accounts, The Free Agents 19. The Free Agents 19. You can email us at thefreeagents2019 at gmail.com. I think that's about it. We have no idea, of course, when we'll be back. We got Trey in Wisconsin. We got Lee in Spain. I think Tass is heading home to Toronto soon. I'm going to get out of here. JD, you're just stuck here in your I'm poor base. No, no. So we have no idea, but we'll have some more podcasts coming for you, I assume, a little bit later in the summer. Until then, embrace the date, people. <laughs>